Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Dane Zorko here from the Brisbane Lions. Jason Johannesson from the Western Bulldogs. Luke Parker here from the Sydney Swans. It's Roy Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Maxwell and Melbourne Football Club. This is Matt Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. 13 rounds of fantasy footy here in the rear vision mirror. You've now just got another five left to go in your 2020 fantasy footy season. Hello, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're doing well. And there is still, with only a handful of weeks left to go, still a lot to get through. Joining me on this episode, it's been a while since we've got him back on the podcast, but he's got a week off. He's able to jump on board. I've got Rids back. Hello, buddy. Hey, mate. How you going? I'm very, very good. I'm I'm feeling about as good as your uh, real dream team position at the moment, mate. Just just doing, I'm doing pretty good. Just one week at a time, mate. Hey, look at you. At uh, for, <laughs> for those playing at home, Rids currently finds himself sitting atop of the real dream team ranks and has been for, what, six weeks? Seven now, I think. Okay. Not, not that anybody's counting, but that's okay. No, no, no. No one's counting. Nobody's it. counting. All right. Well, look, like I said, there's plenty for us, Rids, to actually talk about uh, on this episode. Uh, right out of the gate, a couple of teams are off on a buy round this week. Look, for AFL fantasy coaches, no real impact for you there. They're just going to award the average if the player has played the week previously. So, yep, lucky Neil. You can lock him in as your captain in AFL fantasy. Get that instant 200-plus score, which is kind of nice. Adelaide Crows are also off. So that's how it's going to be all right. In Dream Team and Supercoach Rids, it's best 18. And of all the three buy rounds we've got left, this one's probably the easiest to navigate in terms of if you were to only focus it in a pure who's missing and who do I need to replace? Yeah, it's not too bad this one. So this one really we should be sneaking in, not doing many trades and just being nice and easy for um, getting ready for the hard one coming up next. And that's the interesting one, isn't it? We talk about round 15, that's where Geelong, Gold Coast, North Melbourne, Port, Saints and the Bulldogs are going to be missing. Um Probably our midfields and our forward lines are going to feel the most amount of pain. Although, you know, with the recent run of guys like a, a Luke McDonald, even Lacocious, Bose, Stewart, they've all been relatively in some pretty consistently good scoring form. Um, so our back lines probably aren't going to struggle as much. But is this the week, well, you'd say it's the week of, you know, holding if you can or being a bit more conservative where you need to be in Dream Team and Supercoach. Is it also that extra three trades that you've got available this week, a chance to make maybe make amends to prepare for round 15? Well, the reality of it, and I don't want to be too harsh on Supercoach and Dream Team at the moment, but they got it wrong. So they've had it wrong most of this season, okay? So only awarding three trades to navigate these last few weeks is definitely wrong. So especially as you enter the league finals and stuff. So the whole idea then is you really need to conserve this week so you can actually save those for next week. Now, if they gave you an extra trade or two, you could actually get more creative this week, which might involve, you know, more creativity in having a crack at the league finals. You might be... uh, The league finals start this week. This is the other thing. So you might be in a knockout elimination final where you might need to actually look at making a trade this week. So the reality of the situation is awarding three trades and only having the ability to use three trades entering round 15 is probably not enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. So coaches now find themselves in that difficult position where they are still multiple players away, potentially from a completed side of, of premiums or close enough twos. And now, 
let's be honest, for some coaches, I, I don't see many coaches left with many more than eight, nine trades left. There might be some that have 10 plus in, in super coach. In Dream Team, there's no chance. Um, you've been too conservative, I think, in those formats if you've got that many. So it's going to be a dilemma week for coaches because the temptation is... You've got these potential cash cows that have at least have decent bubbles. Um, in in a Riccardi, Mosquito showed something. Um, it's not going to be relevant for you this week, but the Crows should continue to give Jordan Butts game. So there's a couple of guys that look like they're going to hang around for a couple of weeks, you'd hope. So the temptation is quickly, I'll move on that Darcy Cameron or that Isaac Rankin, and now I'm going into upgrade. But is that the right move this week? Yeah, and that's the real challenge, isn't it? So... Best 18 means you only have 18 scoring players on the field at that point in time, and it's your best 18. So a lot of teams are going to be entering this week with 20, 21, 22 playing. Yeah. So the reality is, like, even if you upgrade someone, okay, to get to the next premium, you're only really picking up potentially 30 points, you know, from that one trade for the week. Now, on top of that, a lot of teams haven't really been able to forecast when the buys were coming only a week, two weeks ago. So the reality of the situation is they may have actually brought in a, let's just say, Luke McDonald or, Mm. you know, someone like that who's come in and suddenly he's got a buy in a week. Yeah. So... As I say, like, I don't want it to be too harsh, but the reality is they've got it wrong. Yeah. So I know that they're going to say, oh, look, we've, we just gave you the week off for, the, um, for, for the finals, for the leagues. But the reality of the situation is if you're entering a certain period of time and then you've got to try and plan for two weeks in advance, and it doesn't matter whether you've got to buy or not. Like, I mean... You just don't know what's going to happen in the next two weeks, especially with people having games off. Like, I mean, how many soft injuries have we seen in that period of time? Yeah. And we are going to see clubs also, as a part of that, at time we don't know yet if they're going to do a bye pre-finals and pre-home and away. It seems likely they will, but they haven't confirmed that yet. But we are seeing in-game rests in addition to teams being conservative with their players because we have yet another you know, festival of football coming up after this week? Well, you can only look at last night. I mean, that Brody Grundy pretty much sat on the bench for the last 15 minutes of yeah, the game. exactly. You know, you got... It just goes on and on and on. You've got Dustin Martin having two breaks a quarter the other night. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, they're going to manage it. And look at Essendon. They're managing absolutely anyone and everyone they can. Yeah. Like, I think the word omitted has become managed in their vocabulary. So, so, yeah, I mean, Aaron Francis came back, okay, on the weekend. And again, I just want to highlight these things because there's massive risk around this. Aaron Francis comes back after having a little period of time and he doesn't even last the first quarter. He's on the bench with a hamstring. Yeah. So, I mean, you don't want to try and preempt injuries, but you also want to have enough trades there to actually be able to get creative on the weeks you need to be creative. And if you're going into an elimination final in a must-win final mm. in your league that you're really, really being focused on for the whole year, I mean, it's hard for me or you or anyone else to be telling them not to trade, you yeah. know? 
Like, I mean, it just kills the instinct of these salary cap formats. So it, It's certainly been a very, very difficult year to navigate. And if you play multiple formats and you're doing okay in multiple formats, hats off to you, my friend. You, you've done well. You've got the slice of luck on the side of that as well to be able to get there. You bring up this interesting thing, it's about the next week, round 15, teams will be without, you know, to pick some names. McDonald's probably not a high ownership number for me to, to go after, but if we're to pick the high ownership names through the midfield, we're looking at McRae, Dangerfield, Duncan, um, you know, Boak, I suppose, if you want to include him in the mix, Steele, um, in through the midfield. Then the forward line, you're looking at Bailey Smith and Jai Simpkin, certainly, uh, as those two. So uh, Caleb Daniel in Supercoach, uh, you could throw him as the Todd back. Goldstein. Todd Goldstein. So I can't see teams being less than four premiums short next week, maybe up to as many as seven or eight. So it, it could be a catastrophic, difficult round. And then if you throw in addition to that, the cows we're probably looking to get us through as coverage in Bytel, Buderick, um, Kavara, for those that, you know, kind of had a force hold because he wasn't really worth anything. Woodcock, Georgiatis, they're also on the buy. So, yeah, and what about the bomb cows that we've held on to because there's no money in it and they're not getting into game anymore? Yeah. Guys like Harley Bunnell and, yeah. you know, there's plenty out there Sturt that may owners. or may not get a win game. Yep, Sturt owners, Rivers, McCasey. Like, so... There is a genuine chance next week that coaches struggle to field more than 12. Like, it's a genuine possibility. So, a best 18 is the best approach. Should coaches be looking at, and it feels like an AFL fantasy style of manoeuvre, and that's not said derogatory, but in terms of the mindset of, you know, you play the break-evens, you play the cash, you play the match-up. Do we need to look at that for some certain players off the round 15? Is it... These probably aren't the right names to pick, but is it the Mitch Duncan? Is it the Caleb Daniel? Um, is it the Todd Goldstein? Do we look to make a little bit of money off these guys, move them off to these others that have had their buy, or do we just need to look at copying it on the chin a bit? Well, the thing is, it all depends on your focus. So yeah. if it's league focus, okay, you don't need to make a trade next week. You could just sit there copy your 10 players on the field and no one cares because, yeah. I mean, it's a buy anyway in the league. But if you're really focused on making sure that you get momentum, you get to complete your team at the end of the year, I mean, you're looking at an overall ranking perspective. I know there's a few of the guys from the panel that were in the top, you know, high echelon, yep. like the top 100 or so. Everyone here, like, I mean, we're all focused on overall. Like, mm. the reality of the situation is you can't, like, I mean, we've seen it too much. You can't go into a best 18 round with only 12, 14 on the field. Oh, you'll get destroyed. You will absolutely cop it. Like, so you've got to be proactive and work out what it is. Well, what does that mean? I don't know because... The reality of the situation is a Scott Draper next week plays, you know, in round 15, plays Nick Datanui. Yeah. I mean, that's not a good matchup for anyone, no. you know? <laughs> no, that's so a horrible matchup. You wanna, well, if you've got a Goldstein and you want to go to a Scott Draper potentially, okay, to try and free up the cash to then upgrade, upgrade two extra lines, 
I just don't see that as a viable option, you know. Um, so does it mean that you're going to go to a guy coming off the buy, like a Riley O'Brien or, mm. you know, an Oscar McInerney or someone like that just to try and free up some cash? I mean, Riley O'Brien's going to cost you a little bit of coin yeah. from Goldstein. So it's really, really weird, isn't it? It's like, weird. And then I think you throw in the mix of that. Even though we do have some cows that presented themselves over the weekends, specifically in the forward line, um, I, I know there were others, you know, Butts and Neil and, um, that played okay, Fullerton, but Mosquito and Riccardia too, that given their team's performance and how well they did in contrast, barring injury, they're going to play again the next couple of weeks, you would presume, um, based on their performance. But what's difficult around that is the cows that we do have aren't really that fat anymore. And unless you're still holding on to a Marlon Pickett, um, and, and even then, like a Sam Simpson style of guy, if you're holding him now, last week he was injured, probably the right time to move him, Isaac Rankin, Darcy Cameron, you're making less than 200000 off these players. And so it's still not yet probably quite enough, Max King, to move them on to get to the upgrade of the ideal target, even though we've got some really nice value options in our lines. Yeah, exactly right. And so, I mean, you've got to start weighing up the option as well. So I know myself, okay, I think I've got Sarong at um, M8 Mm. and I've got Day at D6 at this point in time. So the reality for me is I've got to ask my question, do I spend 200000 on Will Day and bring someone in for him, mm. you know, who might score an extra 20 or 30 points around, or do I just persist with that Day who's already averaging close enough to 60 points in match? Or like a Sarong at the moment, like who's 500000 so you can you can go out and pick up like... Um, uh, who's out there? You can go get a Josh Dunkley for 160000 or a Paddy Cripps for 150000 yeah. you know? Yeah, but whatever. But that's yeah. two trades, mate. Yeah. There's two trades there where you go, is it worth... Like, I mean, Saron went out and scored 75 on yeah, the weekend. Yeah, fine. You know? So, I mean, is that... Like, are you better off trying to sideways trade yourself through the buys to make sure you get maximising the points on the field? It's just full of unknowns this year. It's just been the hardest year ever, I reckon, on fantasy football. Yeah, it's been difficult. Sorry, mate. No, no, you're right. And the reality of the situation, though, is you just got to try and be um, open to doing things that are slightly different to the norm. Like, we were chatting about this a couple of weeks ago. So do you go looking to complete your team now or do you look at trying to complete your team for the um, start of round 17? Like, because it's only best 18, Mm -hmm. you just maximise the points on the field and then try and um, leave yourself a few extra trades and a couple of hundred thousand in the bank to maybe upgrade to the last pop, you know, the last um, players on your field. But again, is it even important this year? No one would know. Yeah, and I think that is a possibility for coaches. Again, we haven't talked too much about AFL Fantasy, and we'll we'll get to that format soon. But in Dream Team and in Supercoach, it's best A team for the next three weeks. One of them is, is difficult to navigate. The other two, from a comparable perspective, you should be okay. It's the Grundy, it's the Dusty, maybe it's Taylor Adams, uh, and, and potentially Chris for a short. Like that's for the most part what people are impacted. Steel side bottom owners, 
yep, okay, sure, fair enough. Maybe it's AFL fantasy only that you're impacted by that because he's a forward through there. But the other two weeks are pretty easy to navigate. What can happen is we get to those final two weeks. Sides that are in contention start to turn their eye very, very quickly towards finals. And let's be honest, the top four this year, the only advantage is the double chance. Unless you're West Coast or Brisbane, you're getting no advantage um, outside of the double chance because there's no home Victorian-based finals for the 10 teams you know, from Victoria. So there's no advantage there. So they're going to start moving towards their mindset of finals. Conversely, you're going to get the teams that are out of contention. Well, why would you put your Todd Goldsteins, your Riley O'Briens, um, your Rory Lairds, these type of guys that you go, look, we're not going to get anything more out of them than we don't already know about them. We're going to ice them up if they're looking or carrying sore. So there can be a time where teams get to round 17 and 18, which you've alluded to, and are out of trades and are now starting to miss premiums in these best 22 weeks. Yeah, and I mean, it's just the world's hardest, <laughs> you know, to predict. I just, I don't know the right answer here. Like, and I think um, at the end of the day, like, I mean, I'm lucky because I've had a reasonably decent season. Sure. Right? But, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I've had a lot of luck impact, you know. Like, I've had bad luck at the start and yeah. good luck at now. Like, it happens, like, throughout a fantasy season. So, Sometimes you're just going to have to ride your luck and see where you end up. But the reality of the situation is there's a lot of weird stuff happening right now. Mm. Like, I mean, we look at the Melbourne Football Club, okay, playing games of football. How do you know what Melbourne's going to turn up at any point in time? And do they even bother? Like, if they lose again this week, okay, and the Bulldogs somehow get over the top of Geelong, there's a two-game break to the top eight. Yeah. Does that mean someone like a Max Gorn gets put on ice? Yeah. Like, who knows? Like, it's just a real, real thing. Are they going to put harms back into the midfield and tag people? Who knows what's going to come up, you know? <laughs> I know, I know we were having a chat yesterday when Collingwood brought in Greenwood and he was going to play in the midfield. Did that mean he was going to go tag someone? Did it not? I mean, we know that there's not much tagging happening at this point in time. Mm. But where's the ball? Does the ball come back shortly and start tagging people again for GWS? Mm. It's just a real challenge. Like, So the reality of the situation is sometimes that 50, 60, 70 points a week in yeah. that final position without going to upgrade is a lot in a lot better than what the extra trade or two trades, you know, being used to actually upgrade it at this point in time. But again, I don't want to bag this out at all and I don't want to harp No, no, it. no. DT has made, it's been an awful season. They've had a pretty much of a mare with the way that they've done with the trades and stuff. The three extra trades, if you could get that extra one or two trades now, you would have been able to slide in and actually been able to complete a team and with a couple of trades left for the last couple of weeks. But I don't think teams are in a position to do that now, are they? No, I'm not too sure they will be. And again, you're needing to start, when we talk about this completed team idea, uh, across all formats, for the most part, you're not getting the cream of the crop in your completed team. You're having to make, for whatever reason, um, adjustments of, yeah, I've got a pretty much completed team, but he's not performing like a premium or he's not really the ideal target I would have wanted, but I've settled because it's 
all I could afford or all I can anticipate and expect. In an example of that, um, in the back line, someone like a Zach Bailey, you know, from Brisbane. Maybe it's more of an AFL fantasy style selection, or even a Jack Lacocious, as good as he's been over the past couple of weeks, even in Supercoach. They're probably not in your ideal season, guys. You would have gone. I want them in my finish side, but because for a variety of different reasons, coaches are now just going. I'm just going to have to believe that that's close enough for me. Yeah, and that's the reality of it. Like, and then you're going to have to put up with the slow performers lately, like a Canilio, you know, yeah, or um, a Crisp who doesn't seem to be getting looked at at all. But then you look at their averages and you go. Oh, look, they're within 10 points of being somewhere, you know, like, I mean, a Canilio, we know he's had a poor couple of rounds, but he's only 10 points within a Mitch Duncan who's absolutely flying at the moment. So you just don't know who's going to turn up and who's not at any point in time. And, I mean, it's going to become an impact, doesn't it, for the last few rounds with this more... What are they calling it? The footy festival or whatever? Something. I'm, I'm not even sure if I'm using it, but that's all right. Yeah, but, I mean, the footy festival or festival of footy or whatever it is. But the reality is they're playing four games in three weeks. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, you cop a little bit of a knock and you're losing a premium from word go. So I just don't know. And, I mean, Riccardi. Yeah. Let's talk about Riccardi, Yeah, let's mate. do that. Where does he fall into this? Does Is he must-have? Is he not must-have? If you've only got, let's say less than four, like, four trades left in Dream Team, which would be there's around the with mark. That. Yeah, I think absolutely. There's, there's people with that. Yeah, there would be. So, I think if that's where you're at, um, you should probably be only one or two trades away from finishing your team. I know we talked about a completed team just seconds ago. He's not so must-have for you. The only reason I would be downgrading to Riccardi this week is if I was using that cash for an upgrade. Uh, otherwise, what are you doing? He's got just as good a job security if maybe slightly less than potentially the guy you're moving out, like a Rankin, Cameron, you know, if you want to get a bit unique, a McAdam uh, as an option or a Buderick. Like, he doesn't have the job security of some of those players. Yes, he had a very, very good first game. But the only reason I'd be getting him in is if it's going to allow the cash for an upgrade. Yes, he'll make you money over the next three weeks. But by the time he's worth anything to trade, the year's over. So And the worst thing about it, he's... His game was the week before round 14. Yeah. So he's on the bubble for round 14 now. So And same with Mosquito as well. You've got to go and make a trade that now. no one would have been planning on making going into round 14 now. Yeah. So it's just, it's like awful timing. It's awful, awful, awful. But the reality of the situation is you're just going to have to like go with the punches, you know? But you really, really need to try and save two or three trades, I think, for the last two rounds. I agree. I think if you leave yourself with less than two trades in the final two weeks, again, back to Supercoach and Dream Team, uh, you're going to get stung uh, because we we are all carrying players on our bench that, for the most part, are week-to-week propositions. Foot, Close, Mackesy, Rivers, Bennell. Um, even Bytel, like these are all players that at any week you could see them get managed, dropped, omitted, whatever you want to call it, and you're not going to get shocked by it. All it then takes is one or two other guys being put on ice for a variety of reasons, and now you find yourself in the weeks of non-best 18 
struggling to field 21, 22 players. And that's so, where it's challenging. So, MJ, let's yes. talk AFL Fern. Yes, please. Is this the week that you just throw the C on Lockie Neal, just take the 103 points and you just move on? I think if you're a Lockie Neal only, you've been probably doing that for the most part all year. And why would you say no to a 206? Given that in, in the old system, that's the equivalent of a two of a 220, 240, whatever. Uh, like, what are you gaining? A, a McRae going 110, 115 for the risk for a potential 10 points? Uh, I'd... I don't see if you're a near loaner why you'd go anywhere else. So I'm going to throw another one to you. Go. If you own a Goldstein, a Wits, you know, whoever it is, would you think about bringing in a Riley O'Brien this week and take the 82 points guaranteed? Uh, yeah, if I didn't have much else to do, yeah, absolutely I would. Uh, I think Goldie this week, when you look at a match-up um, from a North Melbourne perspective, up against Wits, who you alluded to, and then he's on the bye, and then when he comes back, pardon me, off the bye, he's up against Port Adelaide. So certainly not easy matchups for him. While Wits hasn't scored anything like, from a fantasy perspective, we'd hoped this year over previous years, He's still really difficult physical matchup for these guys. And they're not going to get those easy hit-outs and hit-outs to advantage that they'd normally been given. So, absolutely. And if you want to talk about O'Brien, of all Ruckman, he's got the dream run home. He's got Hawthorne when he gets back off the multi-buy round. Then he's got GWS. Then he comes up against Carlton. Then he comes up against Richmond. Like, if you could ask for the perfect four weeks of Rucks, that's the reek. Carlton have like three guys that are all fine, but they're all part-timing the role. Soldo's improving, but he's still the guy that you're going to be able to get some points and score on pretty nicely. Hawthorne, is it Segler? Is it McAvoy? And then we talk about um, GWS. Well, it's the it's the roundabout. It's either Mumford or Jake. And either week, O'Brien's going to burn them outside of the stoppage. So I think O'Brien's the best ruck for the run home just quietly. Yeah, I'm, I'm not disagreeing at all. So, but in AFL Fantasy per se, mm. do you run a Draper into R2 for that extra week and then upgrade Draper to an O'Brien for that run home? Or do you go that week early? It's an interesting one. It's an interesting one. And I'm, I'm certainly not opposed to that. My only concern for it this is the, the matchup this week that it's going to potentially give you is the good thing is we'll know. Um, how it kind of plays out. Hawthorne is decent. Sorry, should I say it's the week after? So you've got to be quick and adapt. Um, so yeah, I don't. I'm not opposed to that. I, I don't mind that. It's the kind of creative trading that I actually like. What I'm not a fan of in in AFL fantasy would be trading out Cornelio. I wouldn't be a fan of that. The only reason I I, I bring him up as a name is you know he had a pretty poor score last week and still around about thirty percent of teams. But if you were to look back on his last five weeks it's there and thereabouts with most of our premium scores so outside of the 52 he went 75 81 95 90 103 86 to me that's just one bad week um now i know he had another stinker earlier in the year against collingwood but why would you be moving him on when you've got like you've said the option of a goldie down to a draper on field or a goldie down to a rookie and then go crazy upgrading elsewhere I don't think that's the crazy move to, to ignore. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. 
So yeah, it just I've just thought I was just thinking through that, thinking, well, for the sake of twenty points, let's just say if you do have um a Goldstein on the field, okay? Yeah. And it's obvious that Goldstein plays Wits this week. Yeah. We know that Wits is one of those guys who really can impact the ruck scoring. So if you go Goldstein down to a Draper, or maybe you've got Draper already. and you Go, go get Goldstein, Riccardi via DPP. Let's use that well, as an Well, whatever it is, yeah. Whatever it is, but you go down that level, what does that mean for you in regards to those extra two trades up? And it's a really, really intriguing thing because you could actually potentially go bang, bang in two extra positions and then look at maybe going two down yeah. and grab a Draper back up to an O'Brien later. The following so, week, yeah. Yeah, the um, AFL Fantasy's really um, had a good year, I think. So, yeah, they've been brilliant. Yeah, they've, they've really had a good year and it's actually been... Um, Great call after great call where you've actually got all this um, flexibility and this creativity, especially with these three trades a week. Yeah. Like, you can do a lot of good stuff in that. Yeah. Keeping, um, what is it? It's keeping Engagement. the coaches engaged, isn't it? Yes. No, they, they, they've had, I've said it multiple times, um, you know, on the podcast. Uh, they've handled this season brilliantly. I know everyone's doing the best they can with what they have, with where they are, and certainly appreciate that. But look, if you're going to rank the formats that have nailed this COVID footy season in terms of keeping coaches engaged and connected um, and trying to bring some normality, yeah, no, full credit to them. They've done an absolute brilliant job. W- would you be making any other trades to, you know, in AFL Fantasy if they played last week and they're on the bye? you get their score. Are there any other players you'd consider from Adelaide or Brisbane to trade in? Would you spend the big bucks? He's over 900, almost over 900,000 in AF, but would you spend the big bucks to go get Lockie Neal just to get that banked 200 plus score? No, I don't think so. I think um, the reality is it's only 103. So that's his average. So you could probably have two shots at it to try and get somewhere close enough. And you've still got the McCrays, the Gaffs, Mitchells. the Kellys, you know, yeah. the Merritts, the Mitchells to go out and do whatever. So, I mean, Tommy Mitchell's looking back to his old self. Yeah, he's looking so, good. So, I'll tell you one thing, though, MJ, just um, across all the formats next year, yes. he's almost the first ups pick, isn't he, now, Tom he's Mitchell, the way getting, he's looking. He's, I'm already starting the 50 most relevant uh, pre-season work for next year. And, uh, yeah, he's going to be nice and high on the list. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so, I mean, I've got other things to worry about at the moment. But, <laughs> You've got a format yeah. to win, mate. Ah, uh, well, yeah, it's been a while. Maybe, maybe. maybe. Who knows? Who knows? I've got a little gap, so I've got a little bit of comfort. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. Okay, so no Neil trading in is... There's nobody else really... O'Brien's got the great average in contrast to that, but if we're purely talking about AFL fantasy at the moment, which we are, and you talk about... Brisbane and Adelaide players. If you rank them by average, Lions is 87, Crouch is 84. Now, they're going to yeah. get rounded up a little bit. O'Brien's the I only other I one. I don't think there's anyone, is there? Zorko? Really? I don't know if I want... Zorko's recent form has been very, very good. But to spend almost 800000 for an 80 this week feels a little wrong in AFL fantasy. I feel like that's the trade I'd rather make the following week where I've got the potential of a 90-plus score. Look, I, I think the reality is if you own Lockie Neal, you just throw the cap oh, yeah. on. Oh, yeah. Just okay. take the stress out of it. But if you don't own him, this is not a bad week yeah. to go and get creative. Yeah. 
It's true. There's good so, matchups there. You're right. You look at the matchups. Hawthorne and Essendon is a really good matchup for both sides through the midfield. Uh, Geelong is going to be difficult for McRae, but it's not impossible. We saw Matt Crouch um, and Rory Laird both playing through the midfield and score really well against Geelong. Uh, any of the GWS boys could pop at any moment. The Saints, uh, Steele or Oliver in that matchup should be really, really good. And even Cripps or Taylor Adams should both be riding contention for good scores this week too. I think the other one is this Gaff. Yeah, I think, Gaff. Um, good call. You saw what um, Zachy Merritt did against Richmond yeah, so last much week. So... I mean, Richmond don't worry about tagging or playing accountable football with guys. They just um, they just go head to head pretty yeah, much. So, true. so it's not a bad um, matchup for a lot of players. Like, yeah, it just makes it a very interesting um, week coming up. I think. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be fascinating. But you know, in AFL fantasy, that suggestion of moving on Goldstein, who you know has been a little underwhelming, and the difference between him and say a Canelio trade. Um, from my perspective, is you've got this guy who's scoring comparable to him on the bench. Um, Goldie's only had one score over 70 in the past four weeks. Um, Whereas you look at a Draper with a matchup against the Hawks this week, that's pretty darn tempting. And if that's going to all of a sudden get you the opportunity to take, I don't know, Sturt, Georgiatis, King, even a a Scholl, you know, just picking some backline names up to premiums in those lines, I feel much happier about that than the little moves of Mosquito from a King and uh, Georgiatis to a, to a Riccardi and you make yourself only 250k off that trade. And I think the other thing is as well, that first game of the round, um, you get to um, play the loophole if you really Correct. want. Correct. You get to have a look at it. Yeah, most definitely. But anyways, there you go. That's my thoughts for this week, mate. All right, mate. Appreciate that. Uh, Nice to have you back on the podcast. Uh, Plenty of articles dropping this week at coachespanel.tv. If you've got any questions uh, for us, always shoot us a message over Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We'd love to get in touch. You can grab this episode and any other episode that has landed during the preseason and the actual 2020 season via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and also now at Google Podcasts. I hope your fantasy week this week of round 14 treats you well. And we'll be back with you next week talking about all the big issues that face you as a fantasy footy coach.